Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Sports episode 19. Hey, the Field of Dreams episode. <laughs> First episode we've done in a couple of weeks. Uh, you were out of town. We we're in different states, so it just wasn't convenient to do it. So we took a week off. Um, we are going to catch up on some of the things we missed when we do our uh, our favorite team catch up. They'll be a little bit longer than normal. We've got a few extra games. I think it's about 10 to 12 games, I think it is. But mm-hmm. hey, we can do that. All right, story one. Uh, our segment one, even. Um, story one. We normally talk about things we've talked about before or talked about in passing, but we haven't recorded on the podcast. One of the things that we kind of like to talk about is the cycle. So I found this one. This was from Ethan Sands on, I believe, MILB.com. Uh, August 10th, 2022. Go ahead, JJ. On June 29th, Taylor... Cole? That's not I think it is, yeah. Of AAA El Paso went four for five with a homer, two doubles, and a single, along with three RBIs, but missed the cycle by a home run. Ah, still a pretty good game. Four for five with a homer, though. Mm-hmm. That's still pretty good. As Taylor took it in, took his fourth at bat in the seventh inning of a game against Sugar Land, his Day had be been first innings RBI single, third inning solo home run, fourth inning an RBI double. He needed a triple. He had only one so far in the season. And that triple was actually in that game where he got four for five as well. So this was actually, we actually say this is normally the hardest part of actually getting the cycle. So was he going to miss out by one or was he going to get his cycle this time? Um, interesting the team, Sugarland. I've mm-hmm. never heard of Sugarland. Any idea what state that might be? I have no uh, idea. Well, somewhere that a lot of candies meet. <laughs> I don't know. I think we might have found your adopted uh, minor league team though. Sugarland definitely sounds like you. Um, anyway, what it happened does. in his... Uh, fourth at bat. A line drive to center field deflected off right fielder Corey Jolks, enabling Kaoloki, uh, Colway, Colway, sorry, to reach third base safely to complete the cycle in the seventh inning. It was the fourth in El Paso history. I was just happy to get another hit, he said. The game was kind of back and forth, so I was just trying to get on base. I was hustling out of the box, and I saw the ball get away from him, and I just kept on going. They did actually have the clip on YouTube, um, so I kind of watched it. And yeah, he kind of got his glove to it, but it deflected away, and then two fielders kind of got it. But it just gave him enough time to, uh, to make it. So yeah, he was a little unlucky earlier in the season not making it, but... He finally did good second time around. All right, second story. I saw this within minutes of it being posted, and it was it why was, it was well, it just happened. It was just happened to be on my phone when I was looking at things. Um, I saw this pretty quickly, and then it started to get reported a lot over the next few days. So I thought we might have got a unique story, JJ. But I mm-hmm. think a lot of people have probably heard about this one now. This is a very unique one. Uh, this is the home run cycle. What is uh, that? This was from one from the left one. Oh, for right and one for center. Nah, we talked about this. Solo home run, two-run home run, three-run home run, and four-run home run, or a grand slam, okay. I guess, in theory. Uh, and this was from Rob Terranova uh, from yeah, MILB.com on Thursday, August the 10th. To make it harder, Dad, you could make it with all of those, but one to left, one to center, and one to right. No, 
would be an interesting one. Mm -hmm. You can have kind of have left center and right center as well. Mm -hmm. So that might be another little variation for this one. Mm -hmm. All right, tell us more. The Springfield Cardinals <clears throat> infield prospect Chandler Redmond from Middletown, Maryland, hit a solo two-run, three-run, and a grand slam to complete the rarest milestone in baseball history, the home run cycle. I'd never even heard about a home run cycle before, and mm -hmm. not surprising, it's super rare. Mm -hmm. Like a perfect game? Kind of um, rare. It's rarer than a perfect game. I think there's been 23 perfect games in the majors. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about how many of these are in a second, I think. Okay. It's unbelievable, Redden said. I don't even know the words to use to describe my feelings right now. So after I hit the grand slam, I had a little thought creep into my mind about maybe the cycle but then i rushed it off real quick i was like come on this is only my second time in a, with a multi-homer game in pro ball redmond said but then i go up there and hit a solo shot and i'm like oh my gosh everything is lining up you can do this so you stay calm and stay within yourself but if you get a chance to get a ball to hammer you better not miss it he didn't took he did he didn't he took an 0-2 pitch beyond the white wall in right center field for me the whole night i just went up there trying to see something up in the zone redpin said I stayed away from anything low that I, that I could ultimately drive to the ground. My focus was to get the ball something up mm -hmm. that I could get underneath and lift and potentially hit out. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he started off, he had his one, and then he had two, and then he started, whoa, and then he got three, and then once he got three, he was like, man, i got to kind of go for this one now. Um, the four homers actually came off, were in four different at-bats, and it was actually from four different pitches as well. I did see some people post in the comments for this, like, why didn't they walk him afterwards? <laughs> like, if he's had three home runs already, it must have been kindly tempting. I think the only reason that it didn't happen was the final score in this game was 21-4. to So I think you just try it. At that point, you know you've lost the game, so you just try and get it. Um, when he came up to bat, they were winning by at least um, 10 runs. And he's last at bat, so I think it was just like, whatever, just do whatever you can. Mm -hmm. um, home run for the cycle has never been achieved in the majors, so much rarer than a, a perfect game. Only one other time has this feat been accomplished in the modern era of the game by Tyrone Horn on July 27th, 1998 for the Triple A, uh, sorry, Double A Arkansas Travelers. Um, both teams are actually affiliates of the Cardinals. That's mm. kind of a, unusual that that would happen. Mm. Uh, Lisa Winston from MILB in 2006 posted um, what happened in that game. Horn hit a two-run home run in the first inning, a grand slam in the second, a solo shot in the fifth, and a three-run home run in the sixth. I hadn't realized I'd home run for the cycle at first. I'd never even heard of home run for the cycle. He wouldn't have done. He was the first. Uh, Horn would win Texas League MVP honors for the 98 Travelers after hitting 313 with 37 home runs and 140 RBIs. Did after... he create the home run cycle? He, I guess he did. Yeah, I guess somebody realized that that's what happened. After the game, a still-stunned Horn and his teammates hopped on a bus for the 10-hour drive back to Little Rock, and the next night he complete, uh, competed sorry, in the league's all-star game. 
winning the home run derby in what he called an awesome couple of days for him. Um, yeah, if you just hit four home runs in a game and you've just created that cycle, I'm guessing it's not a big surprise he hit the home run that he won the home run derby as he was also the uh, MVP in the league that year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, pretty cool story. But um, yeah, it was also interesting that next week's episode we'll be talking about the Frederick Keys. Mm -hmm. Again, went to see um, the place where the person who hit the one this week was from. He was actually from very close to Frederick. I mm -hmm. think Middletown. I looked on a map. It's not that far. We might have even driven through Middletown mm -hmm. on the way there. I'm not sure. Is so the we um, ice cream place close? Uh, like I guess right fairly close. close. It was listed as Frederick, but it was probably about 20 minutes outside. Actually, it wasn't listed as Frederick. I listed. I looked for places that were close to Frederick, and it came up with that one. So, can you remember what it was called? Mm. Rock Creek. No. Rock. Rocky Road Creamery. Something like that. It was. Something like that. Okay. All right. Uh, the, yeah, Rocky, was... the Rocky Point Road. Um, <laughs> ice cream is now. good. It is. It is. Well, perhaps we'll talk about that next week then and we'll find out exactly Huge. what it was uh, when we get a little bit closer. All right. Segment two. This is the game where we reviewed. We didn't go to a game because you didn't get back until Thursday and mm -hmm. we're recording as on Sunday. Um, we did go and see that game on Friday, but I'd already kind of put some of this stuff together. And this was a game I really wanted to watch and I recommended that you did. Um, I watched the whole game. Um, I can't say live. I probably watched it about an hour behind live. And um, in the end, it actually got spoiled. I was playing on my phone while the game was going on, and I saw the final score. I was like, oh, man. Um, it didn't, thankfully, there weren't too many runs near the end anyway, so it didn't actually ruin it too much. Um, so, tell us about it, JJ. Don't tell us the score straight away. Tell for, us what is the feel. First thing I noticed from looking at what you uh -huh. gave me, someone was right on the Mendoza line. <laughs> Who was for that? For the Reds. Who was that? Um... Oh, the guy at the bottom. Yeah. Finley. Yeah, 206. I don't think it's officially been decided. It's it's somewhere, right? It changes a little bit, but I, I class 206 as the Mendoza line, personally. But mm -hmm. I, I think that was the first time I'd heard about it. So, where is this game played, do you know? It's right next to the one in the movie. It is, yeah. It's in uh, Iowa. I think it's Dyersville, Iowa. And it was interesting because we'd actually been reading that um, Green Cathedral book, which mm -hmm. tells you about different stadiums. The Field of Dreams, like the one in the movie, is mm -hmm. only 86 capacity. Yeah, because you said it's only going to have like uh, 86 capacity. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like several thousand. And I thought they played on that diamond. I didn't realize. I, I didn't watch the game last year because we didn't have cable then. But now i got this Sling TV. Uh, I can watch it. But yeah, it's built on the same... I guess the same location, mm -hmm. but it's built a little further along so they can get more people in. It would be kind of pointless building all that trouble and only having 86 people. So I can't remember how many thousand it was. I want to say it was 4,000, I think, I what I mentioned to you. Mm -hmm. um, but it was certainly set up where the corn was. Mm -hmm. um, I, I loved it, JJ. I thought it looked so cool. Yeah, the, the starting was cool, Dad. Uh-huh. Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. came out of the corn. Uh-huh. And then all the players came what... out in the old um, uniforms. They did. Did you hear what um, se what Junior said to Senior? No. He's like, hey, Dad, do you want to catch? Because that's one of the lines from the film. Uh, Kevin Costner's character asks his dad, who's one of the ca the catchers in the, in the film for the team, he asks him, hey, Dad, do you want to catch? So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought they were coming out to do the first pitch to begin with. But mm -hmm. no, they had a catch. 
And I don't think they're all famous players. I think there was just some families from the area because I didn't recognize certain people, but they were out there having fun throwing. Um, everyone had smiles on their faces. Um, it, it was it was a pretty cool moment. Um, there was a few other things I got um, as I was looking as well. Uh, Cubs manager David Ross said there were people on rooftops when the team's plane landed. There were even more fans, some sitting in lawn chairs along the small town streets as the bus made its way to the field off Lansing Road in Dyersville. It exceeded expectations, Ross said. You can tell this is a really big event when people are that excited about the team going through the town. It's almost like a mini parade to get there. So people were just waving at them as they went to the uh, went to the game. This was actually a Cincinnati Reds home game. That's what it was classed as. Why? I suddenly forgot. Um, I guess they chose to forfeit a home game just so they could play in part of the Field of Dreams. Somebody had to give up a home game and they chose to. I'm going to guess uh, season ticket holders didn't get a discount, no? <laughs> they probably paid for however many it is. What is it? 81 games? Um, probably only get to see 80. But um, One of the other cool things I saw in the intro, because I watched the whole pre-show as well, uh, they talked about Roy Gleason. Um, he's one of the people, because you asked, like, does anyone have a perfect batting average? And I was like, yeah, there's a few. And I mentioned Moonlight Graham, and you said, who was that? And I mentioned he was from the Field of Dreams. Um, apparently, there's uh, several people that have um, a batting average of 1.000. Um, I think it said there was five of them who were alive, and I think it said there's 13 in total. I think that's what they said. But Roy Gleason was even more special. He has a World Series ring, and he has a Purple Heart. So you know what a Purple Heart is, right? Mm -hmm. So he went out and fought in Vietnam, which is one of the reasons why he didn't have as many games. Um, uh, he was also a soldier as well. He got drafted. And um, his World Series ring was kind of a sad story. He had his World Series ring. He took it to Vietnam, lost it. Lost it in Vietnam. Anyway, many years later, they invited him back to throw a first pitch at Dodger Stadium. And then they got him another World Series ring. And apparently he wears that one all the time now. He says he absolutely loves it. Um, he probably should... I'm like... I'll make sure that he doesn't lose it again. Um, I think I think you can imagine being in battle that it could easily kind of come off and then you'd mm -hmm. lose it there. But now, he, yeah, he definitely looks after it better. Um, lots of different players would talk about their relationships with their dads because that's a big part of the film. They're interviewing lots of players, coaches, etc., etc. Um, I saw this, and I know we've been... We're reading a book right now about facts, and I normally tell you what the fact is, and you normally make a guess. So they had Johnny Bench there, who was a catcher for the Cincinnati Reds, probably their greatest catcher. Um, it showed you him holding a certain number of baseballs in his hand. Now, I actually looked. That's the Guinness record as well. Um, how many baseballs do you think Johnny Bench could hold in his hand? We're ten. not talking balancing either. We're not talking ten. like holding it flat like and then ten. balancing it as a pyramid. It's got to be... I'm holding my ten. hand vertical right now. Yeah, ten? Uh, no, that's way more than it is. Five? <laughs> Seven. Um, they actually that's got A-Rod and um, a Big Pappy to try it, and they were struggling even to do four. Because it's you, it, if you think of the size of a ball, I'm kind of showing you a triangle now with three JJ, and mm -hmm. then the fourth one you can't because Arod trying to turn his hand sideways. Like, no, 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 it's got to be vertical. So you physically got to make sure that you're gripping on them. Um, yeah, pretty impressive picture. I was trying to look to see if I could find it on a baseball card because I was like, that's pretty cool. Him holding. They seven should baseballs. make like um, one like that like has him like holding it like with the record. They might. I, I just couldn't find one. So I, I, I'm going to look a little bit more to see if I can find anything. But uh, yeah. All right. Do you want to tell us about the game then? I'm say you got the box score there, or you can tell us what you saw from the highlights. Um. So what I saw was like in the first two innings. No, in the first inning, the Cubs scored three. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um. Then they scored in the fourth, and the bottom of the seventh. The Reds scored two, mm -hmm. and the 
Cubs won four to two. Yeah, I was were... actually rooting for the Cubs to win. There wasn't many uh, runs. Um, I saw it to four zero, and then I saw on social media final scores four to two, and I was like, ah, "That's fine." Like, I, I, I kind of assumed the Cubs were going to win at that point. Um, the thing that made the three zero uh, lead interesting was, I believe, all the runs came with two outs as well. Mm-hmm. They had a whole run of uh, yeah. doubles, and mm-hmm. they just kept going. Uh, one player I found interesting, I think it was the Cubs' leadoff hitter, uh, Nick Madrigal. Uh, yeah. He had a season-ending right hamstring injury last year with the White Sox. And he missed out on the Field of Dreams game last year. That was kind of unlucky. But he got traded uh, to the Cubs, and then he got to play this year. So that kind of worked out for him. Mm-hmm. So he lost his chance last year, and this year he actually got three hits, which I believe was the most of any player in the match. So that was pretty cool for him. Um, what do you think, then, about the Field of Dreams games? Is that something that you would be wanting to watch perhaps next year? Mm-hmm. I think it, was, it was far more exciting than like a regular. Like in person? I'd like to watch in it in person. person. Yeah, you asked me, like, can we go? I was like, no. Was like, Those tickets are ridiculously expensive. They weren't as expensive as I thought they would be, but they were still way too expensive. Um, I think they said you could get to, um, if you're a Cardinals season, uh, Cardinals, if you were a, a red season ticket holder, uh, you could go to, I think it said about 24 or 25 regular games for the price of one ticket for the uh, Field of Dreams game. So it was way more expensive. Um, I think they said online that people had started reselling the tickets for $900. I think last year it was even more uh, because it was uh, Yankees. I think it was Yankees. I thought it was Yankees Red Sox. It was. It was Yankees White Sox. Uh, but still, yeah, I think people want yeah, to see the Yankees. The bigger, the bigger the team, like the more expensive it would be. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've got more, and I think it depends how close you are as well. Like, uh, Iowa's not easy to get to, so I think it depends. Like, if the Dodgers were playing, I don't know how many Dodgers fans are flying for that. Like, it's probably not easy to do, but... Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a fun game. I enjoyed watching it, uh, far more than a regular game, for sure, so... update time now we are a sports podcast we have been focusing mainly on uh, baseball uh but one story definitely stuck out for us this was actually when you were in ohio jj uh an event that was happening in england as well so i was probably watching this more closely than most people so go ahead give us your cop in state this is a tweet from at keith henry 11 on august 6th it's cop in state victory mm-hmm. two exclamation Points. Well, I thought the part, I thought as you were going to read it because it says it's a cop in state victory. <laughs> Joseph, um, I think it's a mower. A mower had just won the bronze medal, the men's two hundred meter dash for Ghana. He finished the race in twenty point forty nine seconds at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, England. Coppin State stand-up. Yeah, that was the end of the tweet. So I've seen Joseph Amoa featured multiple times in like um, the NCAA trials and things like that um, and their events, so I knew he was pretty good. Do you know what the Commonwealth Games are? I know you know what the Olympic Games are. Commonwealth Games are basically all the countries that England used to own. (laughs) So all used to rule. Um, So there was obviously, you obviously know your history a little bit. There was a Mm -hmm. lot. So all those teams Yeah, there's going to be like a hundred people in there's so, definitely going to be a hundred. There's a lot of countries. The biggest countries now who normally... I think the winners were Australia. I think they had the most wins. Um, I think Canada was probably third. I think... I actually want to say, I think England was second, I think. Or it might have been Great Britain. I'm not quite sure how they represented it in the Commonwealth Games. So, how about um, um, America? 
Um, that doesn't, that one, no, that's not counted. I'm not quite sure why that doesn't include, because that definition I gave you, America would be part of that, wouldn't it? So, I don't know. I don't know exactly how it works for that one. Um, I'm wondering if it was the time when the current, no, that wouldn't work either. I was going to say if it's the current queen, but no, that wouldn't work either for some of those. Um, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps I'll have to look that up to find out exactly where those come from. Alright, it's been a good month for your Orioles, JJ. So, go ahead. I've got your games that have been happening. I've got yeah. some of the updates as well. So, obviously there's more than normal because there's like two weeks worth of results there. So, go ahead. Tell us how they did. Okay, so they won. Well, they swept the, Well, they swept Texas. They did. They nearly swept Pittsburgh, but lost. But lost Pitts, but lost the last game, eight to mm -hmm. one. They swept Toronto. It's only a two-game series because the third one was postponed, but that's still pretty good. Why rain, doy? Uh, probably rain. Yeah. Oh, don't forget to read the August eleventh one. <laughs> I have to skip it. No. They faced Boston. How did they do against the Red Sox? They team? won four to three. No, they didn't. They lost. They won four, four to, three. to three. They lost four to three. They won against Tampa Bay ten to three. They did, and that's as much as I have. And I can tell you because I printed this out beforehand. Uh, yesterday's game, they actually lost to Tampa eight to two. Oh yay! But can, those... can we go to one of the Boston series? <laughs> Possibly. But of those ten games so... that they played, JJ, that you just read out, eight and two. And actually, mm -hmm. they moved into the third wild card place with those victories. They moved into third place, and in the AL East, and they have the third wild card place now. And um, also, during the time that you were gone, they managed to get their 56th win, JJ. Um, they didn't even have 56 wins at the end of any of the last three seasons either. So they're doing much better than previous seasons. And things that make it look even better, uh, Rushman's playing really well. Everyone's saying how good he is. The former number one uh, top... Dra uh, top um, he was the top draft pick, but he was also the number one prospect. And the current number one prospect, now he's moved up, is also from the Orioles as well. I want to say it's Gunner somebody, but I can't remember his name. It's like Gunner Hendrickson or something like that. Something beginning with H and ends in Sun, I'm pretty sure. So things looking pretty good for the Orioles right now. All right, who they got upcoming then in the next week? Red Sox. Yep, and? They have... They got three against Toronto, just a single one against Chicago, and then three against Boston. And yes, they are in Baltimore. I would like to try and get to one of those. Seventeen but I bucks. Know it's, yeah, they're gonna be. There's probably some giveaway as well because it's a weekend. So, mm -hmm. but well, we'll see. We You'll might get a giveaway if we can find a bargain. We might do. All right, tell us about the Red Sox. Not quite so good, unfortunately. Ooh. Tell us some of those scores. They want to get to Milwaukee. Uh -huh. They nearly swept Houston. Now, but that they... was actually good. Houston, they actually have the best, I think, the best record in the American League right now. So to win the first two of that series, it was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is good. Red Sox are back over 500. Uh, it quickly turned around, though, after that. Go on. Keep going. They lost 6-1. to They mm -hmm. lost 7-3 to against Kansas City. Mm -hmm. They won 7-4. to uh -huh. They lost 4. They lost 5-4. to they lost 13 to 5. Both of those were against Kansas City. Yeah, they got only won one out of three. Then they faced Atlanta in interleague play. So how did What's that go? F11 won. Final in 11 innings. Okay. So they lost in extra innings. Nine, nine to seven. seven. Uh huh. And? They lost eight to four. Oh, that game on Thursday was good, though. Boo. No, it's horrible. We already mentioned that one. Dang so. it. That one on Friday was even worse. Uh uh. They won four to three against Baltimore. And this is the worst one. They lost three to two. No, they won three to two. They won three to two. 
in 10 innings against the Yankees. Um, unfortunately, I watched the game last night, and I was really enjoying it for most of the game, and then they lost 3-2 in the ninth inning. And uh, Xander Bogarts got picked off in, I think it was the seventh inning. Um, the closer, um, is normally the closer, he, he was pitching in the seventh inning. He could not throw a strike at all. And uh, he caught it, he did a spin move and he caught him totally off the base. And it was like the third out. It's like, oh my gosh, like he could just not throw a strike. Um, what about upcoming games? Obviously, you already mentioned Baltimore. Who else are they Three got Three against Pittsburgh, three against Baltimore. Uh-huh. And how's those ticket prices looking in Pittsburgh? Expensive. No, it's not. Ten bucks for, for the cheapest <laughs> Ticket one. start at that price? I would say that that's pretty good. Can we um, go to Pittsburgh? Um, no, it's five hours away. Oh. Um, the other story for the Red Sox in the time that you've been gone. Unfortunately, Chris Sale had an injury anyway. And he picked up an injury that was not baseball related. He fell off a bike that he was riding and broke his wrist. So he is done for the season now. So he's, he's hardly pitched any innings. I know they listed how many. But yeah, in like three years, he's hardly pitched at all. Wow. Um, because of injuries. Kind of injuries? Yeah, it just keeps getting no injury. Reason. I think he had Tommy John surgery. Um, and then torn ACL or something. And I don't remember. He had cracked ribs. And like he just keeps getting injured, injured, injured. And then falling off a bike and breaking his... So he's done. Trade him. He's... <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to... He keeps getting injured. I don't injured. think you're going to trade... Um, he has a big salary. So no one's going to want a player who's injured for that one, unfortunately. Alright, this week in baseball, well, I picked this one up because I was reading that MILB.com, JJ, and as it was our review, this one seemed to make sense. Wait, is there a minor league Field of Dreams game? Alright, why don't you read story one for us then? <laughs> Looks like you it was another heavenly evening in Iowa on August 8th as minor league baseball ninth. hosted its first ever game at the iconic Field of Dreams movie site. Hmm? Showing some of the game's youngest talents at one of the one of its most beloved locations, mm -hmm. the memorable afternoon in Dyersville was the first professional game played in the cornfield encircled ballpark since the dramatic um, inaugural MLB the Field of Dreams game last summer between the Yankees and the White Sox. Mm. Seems you always boo when it says Wait, Red Sox. Win? I'm going to boo Yankees. Um, I don't remember, but I think the Yankees won. Actually, no, I think the White Sox won. I think uh, Tim Anderson, I think, had the... <laughs> Perhaps he hit a home run, but they might. I don't know for sure. All right, keep going. The Midwest League's Cedar Rapids Colonels and Quad City River Bandits, both local to Iowa, met in Dyersville in front of the sold-out stadium wearing throwback uniforms to their honor their historical identities. From the shoeless Joe's era of the game, mm -hmm. Cedar Rapids emerged from the corn as the Bunnies, while Quad City played as the Dan the Danvinport Blue Sox. They did. Um, I didn't actually look for the final score, because to me that wasn't really that important. But yeah, it makes sense. If you're setting that whole field it's up... It's important, because it's the because it's a minor league one. Yeah, I think that makes it even better. And it's local teams from Iowa. Um, but yeah, I think for those players, how cool is that? Like, she... even the major league players were loving it. Um, A-Rod and Big Pappy were kind of jealous. They were like, hey, I know we had some really big games, like World Series games, All-Star games. It's like, man, if I could get out and play one of those games, I would have loved to do it. So yeah, I think this is really cool for the local players uh, to get the chance to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually going to look. I'm not sure. Actually, I have MILB.com. 
I might be able to find that game. Perhaps I'll report next week then what the final score was. But I would be interested in watching that one. I hope that's something they do each year now. If they're going to do one for the majors, I think the minor league team should get a chance I to do that I hope that the well. Quad City Bunnies will win. You want the Quad City Bunnies? Yeah. I don't know either of those teams at Dad all. Dad would want the Blue Sox. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. Okay, Dad's one. the Blue Sox. All right, story two. This is a little mean. I could have put this with the first section, but this is things I saw this week. Um, something called the Azuna Cycle. Now, this was a caption that somebody took. Somebody took a picture of this, and Marcel Azuna uh, went 0 for 4 with a pop-out, a fly-out, a ground-out, and a strike-out. So he got out in four different ways. So it's a little mean to call it's it a cycle. but out-cycle? It's kind of an out-cycle. And even meaner to call it the Azuna cycle. But he's kind of struggling this year. His batting average is 213. Um, overall, his career numbers aren't that bad. At least he's bad. better than the... the um... The Mendoza line. Uh, he is, yeah. He's um That's he's good. normally batting two. He's batting two sixty seven for his career, and his uh, wall is nineteen point six. Uh, this year it's negative one point three. So he's kind of struggling a little bit this year. I thought it was funny, and as we've been talking about cycles anyway, I was like, all right, I'll mention that one. Tens of cycles. I'll mention that one. All right, story three. Uh, this one is from Team Coach Lyle on Facebook. And this is a story that's kind of local to us as well, JJ, but I don't think you saw it, so go ahead. 30-year-old Joe. Joey menaces. I guess that's a team of menaces. <laughs> Not the same spelling on his name, but M-E-N-E-S-E-S. -E -E uh -huh. Has played for the minors for 10 years. He has been released multiple times and played in Japan and Mexico to keep his career alive. This week, the Nationals called menaces up. He traveled to Washington for his MLB debut. Debut with his his first big league hit was a home run. That's pretty cool, right? Mm -hmm. So it took him a long time to make it up to the majors. Yeah. And then when he finally did, boom, home run on his first at bat. That's got to hey, be pretty cool. His um, Joey Votto's. First hit, I think, was a home run as well. Ah, uh, might have been actually. Yeah, I think it was. One of the cool things in that Field Elite Dreams game, which I didn't mention, was um, they'll have they do this in a lot of regular games now as well. They had them mic'd up, so while Joey Votto was playing first base, the commentators could talk to him, mm -hmm. so they could tell him about the game and uh, lots of different things, and he could explain his thinking on stuff. That that was kind of cool. Um, this is from FederalBaseball.com. It took Joey Manessa's four thousand one hundred three days from the day he signed with the Atlanta Braves as a free agent to his major league debut with the Washington Nationals this season. He said, quote, I'm a person. I'm a human. Sometimes this has been really tough. Uh, I mean, I'm far from my family and trying to make my dreams come true. Sometimes I will think, what am I doing here? I'm losing time. Or why did I choose this? But in a day or two, I'll come back and I'll keep working to get there. And obviously it worked out pretty good. Now, I got some of the tweets to continue this story, though, JJ, because I wanted to find out more about Manessas. Um, Nat's player development on Twitter. Joey Manessas' first two at Major League home runs. First came in his first game of his career. Second one was a pinch hit in the eighth. At Farm to Fame underscore, the Nats rookie has three home runs in his first six career MLB games after spending 11 seasons in the minors. Uh, Max Raymond on Twitter. Uh, since August 2nd, Joey Manessas, homers four, 
Former players, Luke Voigt, only had two. Josh Bell and Juan Soto, one. So he's doing better than the players who got traded, which is one of the reasons he got brought up. The Nationals traded a couple of players, so that was one of the reasons they brought him up. I don't know up. why they would trade Juan Soto. Um, he didn't want to stay, so they wanted to get pieces for him. If he didn't want to stay, they would just lose him at the end of a couple of seasons' time, so they wanted something in return. In his first seven games as a major leaguer, Manessas is 8 for 23, Four of the hits have been singles, and four of them have left the ballpark. Tied for the most in the majors in that short span of time. So, not only did he come up, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, what a cool story. Guy, he's been in minors for 10 years, hits a home run in his foot at bat. He's now hit four, and he's actually leading the minors. He's leading the majors in home runs in the time that he's been gone. I wasn't sure that Aaron Judge must have had four in that time as well. I would have thought, but hey, pretty cool story. So, I wanted to share that one. Um, I think that's it for this week, JJ. Thank you.